Dear Lord, please bless this Bible study. Please help us to apply this word that we take in to our hearts and our minds. Let us apply it to our lives and have a thorough understanding of it. Help us to keep it in our hearts and always remember it and be doers of your word, not only hearers. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Thank you, son. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be starting in Timothy. And I think, look, there is some, there is some great edification to be had in the book of Timothy if we receive it as edification. Uh, so I, I want to... I want to premise our reading of Timothy with the fact that Timothy, that, that Paul, Paul considered Timothy to be like his, his son. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Yes. So therefore, as Paul is writing to Timothy, giving Timothy instruction in how to raise up the church, Paul was, Paul was completely impassioned about his writings to all the other Christian churches. But when he writes to Timothy, there's something special. He's sending, he's sending his heart of hearts, the Holy of Holies in his spirit. He's sending, he's, he's urging Timothy, his own dear son, to take up the mantle for which he, he is... He is uh, getting, he's getting closer to death. Yeah. And, and so he's sharing with Timothy in such a way, there's a tone that Paul shares with Timothy. Let me back up. So, so Paul's tone that he, that he writes to some of the other Christian churches is very hammer like an anvil, hammer on an anvil. It's iron sharpens iron. Okay. But when he writes to Timothy, he writes with, with love. He writes with passion. He, he writes like he's writing to a sweetheart. It's his child. So, so I want you to, to listen to Timothy with that in mind and know that the Apostle Paul, who was the Apostle to the Gentiles, this is our Apostle. Yes. This is our apostle who's writing this. The apostle who was to lead us to Christ. This is the apostle who was to come out and to show us our way through the narrow gate. This is our apostle. And, and so as he's teaching <laughs> Timothy in love, I want us to, to, to read understanding the love in those words and understanding that in no way that, that, that the message that, that Paul sends to Timothy is unadulterated. It is pure. Yes. It, it's the concentrate. There's nothing watered down about it. There's no ulterior motive. There's no, uh, there's no pleading, uh, please, you know, uh, get rid of these other people in your church. No, this is a father talking to his son. So with that in mind, let's read. This is Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God, our savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace 
from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, that means even as I, I, I begged you or I exhorted you to remain there in Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some, or that means that you might instruct certain people there, that they teach no other doctrine. Or that, that what do they do? Not to teach any heterodoxy or new doctrines. Don't water down the doctrine. Don't add to it to try to, don't, don't be like the Catholic Church and, and compromise your own faith in order to receive converts. That's, that's what Paul is, is cautioning Timothy against. Because when you, when you, when you have uh, uh, 500 people there that are on the verge of converting to your faith, but they just have this one sticking point that's holding on to their old faith, you, the inclination of man is to compromise on that point. And that's what the Nicolaitans did. That's what the, that's what the Catholic Church that's what they did, and that's what they still do today, and that's what they're preaching all the way up until two weeks ago. They're still preaching it today mm-hmm. to water down their own faith so that they can be the head of the church, not Jesus Christ, so that they can be the head of the church, so that they can hold authority over. They'll water down the doctrine 16 ways to Sunday if it gets them converts and tithes. And unfortunately, there are many other, many other, there are many other denominational faiths that are, have hidden ties to the Roman Catholic Church, such as the United Methodists, who 80% of the deeds on their church properties are owned by the Catholic Church. Really? Really. And they give and they give a and they give a portion of their tithe income to the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. Wow. So not only Where do you church, find this information? <laughs> you gotta look and let the Holy Spirit lead <laughs> you. It's it, <laughs> it's it's all it's all public information. I would tell you that a great starting point is Dr. Walter Veith. Dr. Walter Veith is is an excellent starting point. This is a man who has dedicated his life to unraveling and and uncovering and exposing all of these hidden wickednesses and the business aspect and and the satanic worship aspect of the Catholic Church. What's his last name? Veith. V E. I T H. Okay. And he has got he's got a bunch of videos on on YouTube. Um, all of his videos are for sale on his website. And this this is a man who started out in in, in the um, Catholic priesthood uh, as, as a student. Mm. And he did not. He was completely. And then when he left the Catholic priesthood, he was an atheist. <laughs> So, so this is a man that's come full circle. He's, he's very, he's extremely good. 
and he doesn't say anything without showing you the slides of it or the or the PDF picture of the page out of the book where it came from. Right. To show you the provenance of it. So, um, verse 5. Now, the end of the commandment is charity. Let's, let's say this. The end of the commandment is love. Yes. So that the object to be secured by your caution against God's commandments is love. That's your objective. Your objective in everything you do should the motivation should be love. Love for God, love for the faith, love for your Lord Jesus Christ, love for your fellow, love for your brethren, love love for your neighbor. Yeah. Love for the hungry, love for the sick. Your motivation should be love. Out of a pure heart and out of a good conscience and a faith unfeigned. From which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain janglings. The vain janglings is a 2,000-year-old lingo that means empty talk. I particularly like the translation that uses this, wilderness of words. Hmm. They have wandered away from the faith into a wilderness of words. Here's their wilderness of words comes straight out of cemetery. Their wilderness of words comes out of cemetery teaching, cemetery school. And and uh, and so they have all of these fancy words and they have all these doctrinally correct words. And if you don't use the correct doctrine approved, uh, stamped and blessed word, then then you're um, you're a blasphemer. You can't possibly be saved if you're not using the correct words. They wander in the wilderness of words. And in that wilderness of words. And in that wilderness of words, they lose their soul. And unfortunately, there are times that they lead others into those paths, into the forest of words, and they get lost in there too. Whitewashed thing. Yes, indeed. But, but having, been, um, having, having been attracted by the affinity of all the fancy words in the past myself, I can see how we can get lost in the forest of those words. We get lost in the forest of those words. And if somebody doesn't use the right word, well, then we're so quick to correct them. And we're so quick to tell them they've lost their way to Christ. And they can't possibly be worshiping the same God that I'm worshiping. And, and at the end of the day, it's all words. Yeah. It's all words. From which some having swerved, verse 6, have turned aside unto vain jangling, or wilderness of words, desiring to be teachers of the law, and understanding neither what they say, nor about what they positively affirm. Wow. They don't understand what they're teaching. They're running around teaching everybody else, but they do not understand the words that they're teaching. And here, and, I'm, and I'll, I'll tell you how you can tell someone who's, they're sincere, they are sincere, and they might be a really good person. 
But when they're teaching you the Word of God without the supernatural, they're lost in the wilderness. When they are trying to bring life out of the dead words by by completely ignoring Holy Spirit and the supernatural, then they are wandering in the wilderness, groping about like blind men and leading others. It is so many of them who their descriptions completely and utterly leave out the element of Holy Spirit. Right. And remember this. You need that no man teach you the word of God. That's what the In, word says. Including me, including your, your pastor, including anybody. You do not need anyone to teach you the word of God because you have the Holy Spirit. Here's what you need. You need somebody to teach you how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And once you've got that, you've got everything. That's the one thing that nobody taught me how to do. They taught me how to read God's word. They taught me what their interpretation of God's word was. But right. no, nobody taught me how to hear the Holy Spirit, how to listen, how to follow, how to obey. Because they left out the supernatural. They were wandering in the wilderness. Yeah, right. But we know that the law is good. If a man use it lawfully, verse 8, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for the murderers of fathers and the murderers of mothers and for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind. And if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. What does that mean? That means the law was not created for righteous men. The law was not laid down for those who knew God, for the spiritual men. The law was made for the law brothers, for those who were in evil for those who were prone to wickedness. You know, if, if a man has a paddle in his house, he didn't take all that time to make that paddle for his kids that always obey him. He made the paddle for the one that's always breaking every single rule. We're not making names. Yeah, we're not putting any names out there. <laughs> <laughs> but that but that paddle is there for the one that needs the paddle. Because there are others that all all you have to do is you just give them a look and they straighten right up. They might even start crying. I mean, they are repenting immediately when they get the look. There's no need for a paddle for them. But some they need the paddle. And if I, as, as a human father, a flawed character, 
a man with my many flaws, my many weaknesses. And if I understand that in my skin sack here on earth, then God in heaven certainly, certainly understands that on a magnificent level that my mind cannot even comprehend. All right, Dad, you got the floor. I'm done. Yeah, okay. Well, we know that uh, Paul was around, uh, I think his mother's name was Lois, or was that his grandmother, Timothy? Oh, Timothy's grandmother, Lois. Yeah, and uh, apparently he probably stayed with them a lot, but I'm sure he had to do with the leading them to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, that's why he called Timothy a son in his in the faith. Yes. So, and and that's what any of us can do when we lead a person to the Lord. They're our children in the Lord. They are. And it's quite it's an honor that God gives us. And uh, I, 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 pray, I pray to God he's given me lots of children. Amen. And, and then he gave me a wife that has lots of children and is a very uh, sought-after counselor. Amen. And uh, I know that uh, when we are able to be looked upon as someone that can be talked to. Uh, actually, in, in the church, uh, Grand Retirement this morning, said, people just flock to you. I said, yeah, and they do you. <laughs> so if, if our light doesn't shine, I've sent several of you where, we're, where uh, Pastor Robert Morris talked about salt and light. I don't think we realize the importance of what Jesus said. That you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Now, he was the light and he was the salt when he was here. But when he left, that salt and light was transferred over to us as we accept him as Christ and the Holy Spirit within us. So it's so, so, so important to not destroy that in our lives by not living for him. And uh, I, Aaron, did you get a chance to read Psalm 1, 1 through 3 last night? I did not, but I will make a special effort to do it tonight. Okay. Uh Everybody's on this line. Uh, that, that, those verses will tell you what you need to be doing. It tells you, it tells you about walking, sitting, and standing. We have three positions of how we react in life. How we walk, how we talk with people, and how we uh when we sit around talking. And so we have to be careful who we're with. And if we're the salt and light, so be it. It's so much better. 
And he says, we should be like a tree planted by the river to water, and our leaf shall not wither. And everything we do will prosper. So it's very, very beautiful verses. Amen. Tonight, as we come to you, we come that we might be that salt and the light that you've left behind for us to become. Father, we ask you, Lord, to help us to talk it, walk it, and live it. We ask you, Father, to bless John. I pray, God, for his help, for the help that he needs to lift up Aaron to you, Father, and please just bless Tannis, Father, in his walk. We ask you, Lord, to guide Jacob and Braden. And uh, Maria Sky. I pray for Mel and Catherine to see you, Lord, that you bless that home, that you give wisdom in their all their undertakings. I pray your manifold blessings over Gwen. Just ask you, Lord, to keep us all strong and faithful and walking with you, Father. And uh, give you praise, Lord, because you're so gracious to us. Father, we lift up our president to you, Lord, tonight, and ask you to bless him. And uh, we thank you, Lord, because we know that you called him like you did Cyrus. And we ask God for this coming up election that we as children of God will exercise our vote and exercise our right that you have given us, Lord, even to run for office. And I pray, Lord, that you'll open Christians' hearts, that they will make themselves available for your work, Father, to where we can clean our government, Father, through your word. And we ask, Lord, that you will guide our teachers, our pastors, our judicial systems, our Congress and our Senate, all of our governors, Father, our mayors in every city. And we speak against this poverty that many of the cities have taken over, Lord, and allowed poverty to come to their cities because of control. And we pray, Lord, that you do a mighty work in this country again. And Father, I pray for our whole family. I ask God that you will just lift us up. We lift ourselves up to you, Lord, to worship you and honor you in all that we say and do. And may we bring you glory, our Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Y'all be blessed. You too, right, Dad. You too, guys. Good night. Good night. Love you. <laughs> I love you. Good night, family. Love you. Good night. Good night, baby. Oh.